Hey y'all, we are back because we're the prodigals. The prodigals. Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached in a pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. That is the main reason that we are here for you. What's going on? My name is Mark, and I'm joined by Alan hey. and Jenna. The return Woo. of Janalyn. <laughs> yeah, Allen. that's right. Janalyn. The return of Janalyn. <laughs> Together again. Janalyn. I'm so So, pumped. yeah, guys, just going to um, have a confession to make. Mm. Oh, no. I'm kind of okay. like insecure about my thinning hair. Okay. I can't help but look at my balding head when we're on Zoom. Oh, man. Here we <laughs> so, go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to be vulnerable here, you know? But Why do you, you know think I'm wearing bring, a hat, bro? You know what brings me hope? <laughs> is my favorite prophet in the Bible, Elisha. Because <laughs> he was bald, and yeah. whoever, whoever made fun of his baldness got that eaten intro. by bears. There we go. Don't make fun um, of Mark's hair. Don't make, or else <laughs> a bear, two bears might bears come out and maul you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get another round of the strangest stories oh, in the man. scriptures. Oh, uh, as we said, we've mentioned Elisha and the mother bears. So... This time, we'll be talking about that. Elisha, bears, and children. Uh, how do we handle this story? How can we interpret the story? We'll talk about it in this episode. Strangest stories in scripture. It's a pretty short story. It spans three verses. It's found in Second Kings two. Only three verses. verses yeah, verses yeah, twenty three. Well, there's not very much wow. that happens other than <laughs> it's a short the insult, short, the curse, and the mauling. That's pretty yeah. much wow. it. Wow, it's, it's a twenty three to twenty five. But so much has happened within those three verses. Like yeah. It's, so. I'm going to read it. Uh, So he, uh, meaning Elisha, he went up from there to Bethel. And while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him saying, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around. And when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys from there, he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there, he returned to Samaria. <laughs> and these two bears came out, they mauled him, and so he kept wow. going. Like, nothing happened. I know. So, I think, while I was reading the story, and I was reading like, some experiences by people in this story, like, it seems that this story is brought up by people who don't believe in God, or, like, people who don't be- believe in the authority of the scriptures and saying, how can you believe in a God like this? Or how, how can you interpret this verse? 
if you do really have a loving God, how can this happen? Or how can this happen to children? Um, So let's just talk about this passage and how should we handle it or how can we interpret it? Because there's definitely when I was studying this in seminary and I was polishing up on the topic and doing my research, there's definitely some misconceptions and some very not so good words that were put there by interpreters, translators. Mm -hmm. So I believe that there's more to this than what the story or like what the English Bible is saying. You mean the three, the three verses doesn't tell the whole story? (laughs) No way. (laughs) No, definitely not. I mean, it's not consistent. If we just take it for face value with who God is and who, what we know of God's character. So obviously there has to be something more. What did you find (laughs) out? Well, I mean, the one thing that I didn't, I didn't realize before, this is coming right off the heels of the transfer of the Holy Spirit or like the, the Spirit of God from Elijah to Elisha. So this is like, there yeah. wasn't, it's not like whatever, you know, that um, this is so far way off and, and Elisha's doing all these things. Um, and then he gets insulted by the quote unquote children. Right. Um, so yeah, that that was a little bit. Um, I forgot about. I mean, I I didn't realize that before. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just came. Actually, had has something to do with the Elijah story too. That's what you found so, out. Please tell yeah. me when is it. So when did you find out? Elisha was a baldy. Well, yeah, we we figured that um, much. Because I don't think he would have like been to like whatever too enamored. I mean, like calling a person, hey, yeah, go bald person, but he has like a full head of hair. I don't think it would have reacted too much if that wasn't <laughs> true. So yeah, he must have been at least thinning out to some degree. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love Elisha. He's so confident. Like <laughs> he always knew what was happening, and he always knew what to do. Um. But the story here, the context here, as Alan was saying, is that Elijah went on a fiery chariot and he got swept up to heaven. (laughs) And Elisha was there to bid him farewell. And so Elisha asked for the double double portion of Elijah's spirit. Uh, And so this that story happened before the verses. And then from there, he went up to Bethel. And while he was going, it says, small boys came out jeering him, saying, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So um, so scholars believe that this taunt is pretty much telling Elisha to go away like Elijah did. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh. Go up to heaven. We don't want you here. Like, go, go up, go up. Since this came into the heels of that event... Like these boys knew what was ha- what ha- what just happened. That Elijah just went up to heaven, and that's why they told him, "Go up, bald head. Go up, you bald head." Um, so that's what the context of this passage is. That was part of the that was part of the insult, the taunt yeah. that they were saying, "We don't want you here. We don't want you here." Yeah, and or. Um, and or because what I understand is that even though Bethel 
meaning is translated as the house of God. Um, yeah, even though it's meant to be the house of God, apparently it had gone pretty sideways by that by that period in time. Meaning to say that you know it was anything but the house of God. Like mm. it it had gone to the part where they were just like it, it. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to find godly people in that area. So much so that you know um, when these children came out. Well, can we even call that children? Them children? We'll talk about that in a second. But when they came <laughs> the out, youths. them youths. <laughs> when they came, when they came out, you know, part of it may have been that, you know, because I mean, they knew who he was, but you know, in the sense they, because their area wasn't a godly area, maybe they had started to reject God. They were, I mean, they they were rejecting. Not only were they rejecting um, Elijah. Uh, but what he, his message was, you know, I mean, the message that he had brought and by that sort of like logic, rejecting God himself. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're saying, you know, get lost, get out here, go up, you know, do do the same thing as Elijah. Right. Sort of mocking them, mocking him as as, as saying, yeah, see, we're rid of Elijah. We're rid of Elijah. Go up and do the same thing. We don't want you here. Right. So not only is it, you know, not only is it a mockery on on Elisha, it's also on Elijah, and by by you know by virtue by God Himself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because the 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 because you send a prophet, God sends a prophet to give a place a message, right? Mm-hmm. A message from God, and by telling him to go away or to go up or to disappear the way that Elijah did, we don't want you here. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand. The Hebrew word for these young youths, small boys, small boys, call, <laughs> you know, the Hebrew is na'ar, right? But that word is also used for servants, of soldiers, and also of Isaac when he was 28 years old and going up the mountain. Mm. So really the translation, at a tw- come on, at a 28-year-old, when you're 28 years old, you know what you're talking yeah. about, right? You may not be great yeah. at it, but like you, you're aware of certain things. So it's not like we got like 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 8-year-old kids getting mauled by a bear. But that's sort of like the imagery that comes out. You know, when, yeah. <laughs> when people, like as you said, where people are like, you know, that, that are proponents against Christianity that say, well, how can you serve a God like this? He's mauling these little kids. Well, no, they're not. They're... You know, by our standards, fully grown men. Mm, yeah, even I think I believe even Saul was called Naar, like King Saul. Mm. Uh, well, although in that same description, it was mentioned as tall, but since his standing in his society was that of like not like a shepherd or something, um, not not so high on the food chain in the society of Israel. <laughs> That he was called Nar. Right. So it's not just saying, it doesn't really, like, yeah, so when I was researching, it doesn't really mean age at to be as a quantity, but quality in terms of maturity uh, or 
their status in society. Interesting. So these were immature men. Immature, immature men. men. Yeah. Um, and I think when they when they start calling, you know, um, when they when they call them a bald, you bald head. Um, I don't know if you were getting to this, Mark, but um, I also understand that, you know, um, baldness was like a um, one of sort of like the side effects of having leprosy, right? Because leprosy, you know, is a skin disease, right? And so oftentimes when a man has, has leprosy, particularly around the, the, the head area, you would have hair falling out, right? And so baldness was sort of like this, this lower kind of order of, of kind of disgrace, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. It was a, a, because of this usual consequence of, of leprosy. Um, so they saw this as a, the people in that area was seeing this as a sign of personal, you know, and maybe even mental degradation, right? They, mm-hmm. they were making fun of you that way because not only are you, you know, not only are you unsightly looking, you're unclean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously in that, in that day and age, being unclean had its social ramifications to it. Mm. So, you would be prophet. We're not fearing you. Go up, go up, go up the way that you say that your master has gone. We don't want you. You're worthless. You're worse. You're like, you're like a leper to us. Just imagine how Elisha was feeling. He was just there and he was just feeling the loss of a good friend. Right. And he was grieving. Like, although, although he knew that Elijah, Elijah went to heaven, like that's still a loss for someone. Yeah. And to be ganged up by you know, men, these are men pretty much ganged up by a 42 people. Yeah, and, that's a lot. Um, imagine just how Elisha must, must have felt. And these guys like knew, like had the capacity to think theologically, like what happened to Elijah, right? And to like, and Elisha's role in replacing him. So... Really, they're not just small boys. <laughs> they're to some to some degree, they're grown people. From our standards, they would be absolutely yeah. right. Legally speaking, from our standards, yeah, they would be. Like, right. like, what age would you say? Well, if like early twenties, mid twenties, mid 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 late twenties, anywhere yeah, around there. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean. Yeah, so I mean, there are some versions like the one that I the the version that I use. Um, they say young lads, right? And Laddie. to a to a forty fifty year old sort of elder in the city, mm-hmm. you know, a twenty twenty five year old young buck definitely would be a young, you know, a young guy, a young lad. Um, but it's not the child that you know some that make them imagine, out to be. Right? Yeah, that we imagine. Because it says small boys, right? In most yeah. So that's yeah. their their downfall. But and like, I don't think God would kill children because they they're still incapable of somewhat thinking for themselves and deciding whether they're gonna follow God or or um, reject Him, right? So this must have been. 
people who have had the chance to return and who probably Elijah preached about or, or preached to um, to return to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it seems very like malicious in their actions, right? Like when it says some small boys, you just imagine like a handful, but there's like forty two plus. So that's a gang there. That's a gang. That's a lynch mob. Yeah, that's like for, a that's a proper lynch mob against right one guy. And so, so let me bring my bears. <laughs> Shoot. But and, here's, yeah. Here's, yeah, here's the here's the other thing that I just realized that I mean it might have happened. Some of them might have might have saw, saw what what transpired with Elijah, and so they see the supernatural event, and yet they're still rejecting the message that's coming to them. That they know mm. that, and if 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 the research what I would you know that that is there is correct that. Bethel is now sort of like an on that it's not a godly place anymore, but an ungodly place. You know, how hard is it for us to imagine somebody that doesn't want to be told, yeah, you're doing things wrong. So, well, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. As they say, darkness doesn't like the light. Right. People hide from the light because they're, because then your sins will be revealed if they get shown in the light. Mm hmm. And I'm wondering if some of them, if not, you know, a good portion of them, not only heard, but was, you know, at least somewhat present in that, in that area to see what had happened with Elijah. And to see the supernatural event, to know that God is there, to know that God is with him and yet still reject that. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I can't, I can't. Um, venture to know what's in a person's heart, but maybe Elijah had a better idea to say, well, these, they're not going to listen to what God has to say. They're not going to turn their ways. Yeah. And the thing is like, we have to remember God's character in all of this. And what's consistent with God is that he only goes through like with actions such as these in extreme measures, as extreme measures. So it's not like consistent. Yeah, like what people hear, people who don't read the Bible or the scriptures, they hear about all these things that God commits, like God does. But when you read the scriptures, it's like he does this as a last ditch attempt Mm. to do something. Right. Or he wants to send a really strong message to people. It's not this is not what he his first inclination is like killing people is not his first inclination. If that was the case, then Adam and Eve, we we wouldn't exist right now. But um, God gives people so many chances. Like if you read if you haven't read the scriptures and you're reading, you're listening to us right now. Read the Bible and see how patient God is with people. Um, killing th- these young laddies, <laughs> these young lads, young laddies, these young lads is that's apparently either, Irish. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's a God sending a really, really important message, a strong message to the rest of Israel, or it was his last ditched attempt to bringing people back. And that's really consistent with what he did with people and how he handled people. For example, people talk about, oh, God was so unjust to Ananias and Sapphira, but God was trying to establish his new church at that point. And like, no, like at that point, if Ananias and Sapphira were able to, you know, get away with what they did, or God was so, you know, lenient with them and gracious to them at that point, then what could have happened to the church? Like it would have sent, like a wrong, the wrong, like message to the people around the church at that time. Um, there's, you know, there's plenty, plenty of things in the scriptures that God does, yes, but that was like I, I can tell you, He did not want to do those things. Yeah. Do you guys think? Elisha was right to curse them in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. <laughs> in the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Um, because he turned around, it says here, when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. How would that curse go? Would it be like, in the name of God, you may you suffer? Like, kind of like that kind of curse? Or it can be something like, may God punish you for what you're doing right now or something. I don't know. I... It doesn't say, right? Um, the Hebrew word, galal, uh, which is curse here. Um, it means to be swift, to be slight, trifling, of little account. Its primary meaning is to be light or slight. Um, and so both these sort of like verb or noun, um, seems to be like this, this way of saying or, or expressing, you know, to take away, to remove, um, being removed from a place of blessing, right. To sort of thin that down. And so it's, it's quite entirely possible that the curse in here is to say, um, you know, or when you curse somebody, or when somebody is cursed, is to remove the blessing of not, you know, to remove the the blessing of God, which may entail a protection of it, right? Because what it just says is that you know he he cursed them, and then these two mother bears came out, mm. and it's entirely possible that what he did was to was to remove the protection from these young men. And the other side got him. And they used two bears to do it. Mm. Right? Because yeah. you know, our enemies, like a roaring lion, lion seeking who he may devour. Mm-hmm. Mm. You guys know that, um, that saying that like Filipino parents say when um, they're just like, well, do it. Do whatever you want. Like bahala. What's the saying? Bahala ka sa buhay mo. It's like you do whatever you want with your life. Like may may whatever happen to you that you deserve or whatever fall on you. Kind of like so. It's like yeah. So I, that's what I hear in my head when it's like trying to imagine this curse. 
Um, because if it is like that, what you said, like removing the blessing, yeah. that's exactly what they're asking for, right? Because they don't believe in God and they don't want to follow his ways. And so, okay, so be it. What, whatever you ask for, whatever you want, may that happen. Yeah. He's basically saying, may God deal with you according to what you deserve, what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Which is not a curse it's more like a justice <laughs> right or uh getting them what they wish for yeah yeah that's, them what they wish for yeah. justice is like getting what you deserve yeah so he he, he thinned out the protection basically <laughs> yeah so. and that's really you know i, I was listening to bible project um, podcast and mm-hmm. they were talking about um, God's dealing with people who were sinful and disobedient and rebellious. Um, he basically God's mode of operation is he just removes protection. Yeah. Mm. So it's pretty much like a passive thing um, and giving giving them up to what they want, which is a life without him, mm-hmm. right? And a life without him is a life without his protection, and a life without his protection for Israel meant being under the mercies of the kingdoms around them, like the Assyrian kingdom, Babylonian kingdoms, and those kingdoms are ruthless, and so they eventually captured Israel. But when, when Israel and Judah whenever they would come back to God, he would definitely, like, right away, he would put that hedge of protection around them again, and they would experience prosperity. But sadly, they kept going into that cycle of falling into sin, just like us today. Um, But in those times in the scriptures, God's mode of operation would definitely not be an active punishment, but uh, removing of protection, Hmm. So that people got what they wanted, which is a life um, away from God's uh, leading and guidance. Mm-hmm. Just going back to your original question, like about is it right for Elijah to curse them? Like I would say no, because like Jesus has taught us a different way now, um, <laughs> which is to love our enemies and pray for them. However, I still do believe that like God was sovereign over that and in his wisdom to to give that sort of or let that punishment happen. Punishment, what's another word for it? You know, you know, consequence. Like consequences happen is really still for the greater good of Israel to just wake up and for his glory. So no, I don't think Elijah should have cursed them. And and what's to say, even if he didn't curse them, God would still have done this the same thing. Like, you know, um, yeah. because in his wisdom, he knew that was the best thing for Israel. But or or people around there to revere him and listen to Elijah for the rest of his ministry. Right. So, yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's what God wants us to do. <laughs> <laughs> to, to call on think, bears yeah. to take on our enemies. Yeah, it's probably not a common thing. <laughs> to happen but i mean like also when you i mean there's 
and and, and not on only on this situation, but when you when you look at you know the Psalms, right? Um, because it's so filled with emotion of the psalmists and stuff. There's a lot of you know, Lord, you know, visit upon my enemies, you know, everything that they've done to me and worse, and you know, whatever. So uh, it's not to excuse that, um, but maybe part of that humanity of Elijah came through as well. Um, however, you know, but like you said, it might have just been, it might have just been more about, you know, sort of the sovereignty of God, sort of taking care of, of this, or this, you know, this, this situation, uh, that was happening in Bethel with these 42 young men that they might even have been hooligans, right? Uh, and, you know, God says, no, I can't do, I can't talk to the people when they're, when you've got these 42, like, young people walking around. Yeah. And just, and just, you know, um, distracting people from what it really is supposed to be about. Mm. You know, we've seen, we've seen God defer judgment before. Right. And so whether it's on these young men or not, you know, this goes back to what Mark was saying is that the patience of God. Mm-hmm. You know, to give people chances to turn turn back to him. You know, and as much as 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 much as we want to say that, as much as we as much as we laud God's long standing, you know, patience and stuff. Um, you know, for for some situations, uh, I guess you know God sees it and says, "Okay, there's there's nothing more that can be done." Right. They're just going to go their own way. There's just no other way around it. And I've done that all I can do without breaking your free will. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in order for me, and in order for me to save others, I've got to remove you out of the way. Because if you've not, you've already made your choice. Yeah, because you've already made your choice, and I don't want you, you know, spoiling the others. Right, yeah. coloring yeah. their, you know, uh, influencing their choice when it's already hard enough. Right, mm. when it's already hard enough, given their, given our fallen nature, given, yeah. given, you know, the enemy and the other side, right? Given that God, that God, in in very many ways, doesn't show his his true like <clears throat> self. Right, there's a reason why we can't see God physically. Right. Mm. And I yeah. think that's, and it's on purpose, I believe, uh, because uh, I think he wants us to choose him on merit alone, like of who he is and what he says and why, and, and the goodness of him. Because if it was just him showing up, like he showed up on Mount Sinai, then yeah, everybody would follow him because they would be scared to death to go against him. So yeah, at some point. At some point, people make their choices, and and that's it. They're just not going to, you know. God, in his in his in his infinite wisdom and, and his omniscience, is able to see when when they've made up their choice, and they're not going to come back from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we see the the bad parts about that, but we also can see the good parts of it too, right? Where God says, "Okay, it doesn't matter what you do to him, Satan. He's always going to be in my camp." Right, and he can yeah. do with that what he wants, whether to send him off and do to do more, you know, glory work, or to you know, sort of say, okay, you've run the race, now sleep, 
you know, or die, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that'll be it. That'll be as much pain for you as I want to give you because you've already made your choice. True. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know, I, I mean, that's... if you question God's sort of patience, read Hosea, right? Read the book of Hosea where mm, this dude's- Hosea is the, really good. This prophet- oh, Hosea. Hosea, man. Dude married this this unfaithful wife and yet he keeps coming back after her, coming back after her. And God is telling him to, you know, he sets this up because he wants us to see what it's really like for him. Right, mm-hmm. that we're unfaithful, yeah. and yet he still runs after us. That you can't tell me that this one particular instance in the Bible where two bears come out because these young men decided to be jerks, right, is the defining feature of God. That all of a sudden he snaps at and whenever he wants to, and then he comes after you. You know, I nah, man. what I would say is I, I'm not knocking those people who because it you know from. From, yeah, uh, it's pretty from face shocking. value, it's it looks shocking, like yeah. that. But you can't take a snapshot and base yeah. somebody's character around it, right? It's like you guys were saying, it's it's more than that, right? It, it's it's a whole thing. So yeah, I just really encourage anybody who's struggling with this to see. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll, yeah, and God hopefully will reveal to us like the, <laughs> the details of this later on <laughs> when we meet him. But yeah, uh, yeah. And that's that's a really good way to wrap it up, uh, wrap that discussion. God is patient, God is loving, and he is merciful. But at some point, you have to make a decision. And you can't be mad at God for the consequences of that decision. And unfortunately, in this story, it came out through the mother bears and show also... It's just like the lesson of showing respect to God's servants, let alone showing respect to everyone. Yeah, we can all be loving towards each other. We can all be loving um, towards those who we come upon each and every day. But there are certain people that God has called to ministry um, or those who are serving him. Yeah, he, he views that as a serious thing, like his anointed Right. So don't make fun so, of them. Don't make fun of them. <laughs> don't make fun of bald people. <laughs> yes. Leave Baldy okay. alone. Leave us, leave us alone. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah. So we're gonna move on to the second part of our discussion, which is the movie casting <laughs> of the month. <laughs> All right. If we were going to make a movie about this, it's a really, I guess it's a really short movie. (laughs) I feel like we have the same person in mind, guys. Who will you cast? Oh, I got a couple of people. So if you pick mine, don't worry. I've got others. Okay, go. Okay. Hello. Badass. Bald. Bruce Willis. Bruce Wow. Wow. Bruce Willis. Okay. That would be Mark. Um I had several people. Bruce Willis was one in the running, (laughs) but ultimately I came to the conclusion that Elisha would be played by Samuel L. Jackson. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I ca- I also casted the mother bears. So did I. Yeah, Stop I it. was wondering that. I was wondering if we were going to cast. But let's do uh, Elijah first. Okay. Okay, um, Elijah. So, if it's supposed to be serious, looking at a bunch of people, uh, I went with Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad. <laughs> of Breaking Bad. Uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Godzilla. Um, I could see that. But if it's supposed to be like some sort of like a little bit on the lighter side, maybe a comedy, call in mockery from whose line is it anyways? What? But if it's only supposed to be but if it's only supposed to be a Pinoy film, Jokoi. That's it. Just Jokoi. Too funny. Okay, okay. Okay. Alright. Do you have a bear? Andy Circus is probably the most Yeah, like, that's, that's the only one. That's the only person. Andy Circus. Well actually there's yeah, really? but there's I yeah. had um I had oh shoot, what's his name? I had the Wolverine, what's his name? Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman? <laughs> yeah, yes, I had Hugh Jackman in my Come on with the Wolverine class. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you epic. Yo, I didn't. Well, so apparently there's like you know the 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 bear in Revenant that's pay, played by a Canadian. His name is Glenn Ennis, and so I'll go with that guy because there's two of them, right? So Andy Circus, Glenn Ennis, they just happen to be women, True. you know, female. No thing, they can pull it off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anybody for the young man? All right. Uh, young man. Just, I don't really think of the young men. I just see like Chris Pratt, a mob of. What would you say, Mark? Andy, Andy Samberg, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh man, I just see a mob of like a million Draco Malfoys. Wow. Do you guys know who that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know his his like real name. I don't know. I Go just, up, bald man. Go up, bald man. <laughs> You know, it's uh, for me like it like the voice has to be like really there, so it, like it's almost quirky. So I had like three guys that were like that have sort of like unique voices. The first guy is Jay Baruchel from How to Train Your Dragon, the guy that oh, does that. Yeah. The second guy is I can't remember. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right, but Gaten or Gaten Matarazzo from um, Stranger Things. The guy that has oh, like, yeah, the missing yeah, teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And the curly hair. And the third guy, he's not exactly young, but I, I just can imagine sort of like Owen Wilson saying, go up your ball, man. Like, <laughs> just have that sort of like, I can hear oh, that. Okay, you're on your balls. And so you got to go up. <laughs> right? So I just hear his oh, voice coming man. through. That's it. Mm. Now so I good, do too. Good solid <laughs> casting. So Thanks for your casting ideas. Now we can make this movie. Now we can make this movie. Short story on Disney Plus. Die Hard <laughs> Five. Wait, I don't think there's show Hard. like whatever on Disney Plus that's supposed to be like a family. Whatever. Although they do have stars now, that channel. Mm-hmm. So, worship God or Die Hard. <laughs> die Hard Six. <laughs> worship. <laughs> That's definitely, awesome. bu- will definitely be Bruce Willis. 
Anyways, thank you guys for joining us in this another episode of Stranger. <laughs> Thanks, Stranger Things. <laughs> Thanks for. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for joining us in another edition of the Strangest Stories and the Scriptures. Hope you had fun and hope you had a blessed time learning more about the context and the Hebrew language and how easily mistranslated the the original manuscripts can be. Um, I hope you learned valuable lessons in this strange stories um, and you know, going back to the loving nature of God, um, I hope you saw that through this somewhat vicious story. Um, but yeah, I hope you were blessed with our discussion. Uh, if you can, please like and subscribe. And if possible, leave a comment and rating. It would go a long way in helping us out. And that's all we have for you this week. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And don't make fun of bald guys. Don't make and fun join of us bald guys. again next week for another episode of the Prodigals Podcast. The Prodigal.